We heard Isaiah tell us this morning, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust in him and not be afraid because the Lord, yes, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Amen. My dear Christian friends, Ben owned a large cattle ranch outside of Virginia City in Nevada. He had two sons, Adam and Joe, working on the farm with him. Uh, Adam loved everything about the cattle ranch. Joe hated everything about his father's ranch. Joe hated hearing the rooster crow waking everyone up early in the morning before sunrise. He hated getting up and working with the farmhands. And he hated them because they looked at him as a spoiled brat who didn't know what he was doing. He hated getting on his horse and herding all of the cattle. He hated the boredom and the isolation of ranch life. And he really hated the horses. He hated the smell of them. And so he despised having to feed them and brush them and especially clean up their pens. So finally one day Joe had enough. And he went to tell his father that he was leaving the ranch. But before he left, he wanted his share of his inheritance. And then he would never ask for anything from his father again. Well, Ben was deeply sad and he knew that Joe never liked the ranch but he knew that he couldn't do anything to force him to stay and so he called in his financial advisor and they put a very large sum of money into Joe's account and then Ben gave his son a warm embrace and let him go Joe grabbed a few of his things and he put them in his pickup truck and he headed to Las Vegas because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And on the way, he stopped at a car dealership and he traded in his pretty new Dodge Ram pickup truck for a brand new Dodge Challenger sports car. Then he drove to Vegas. And when he arrived there, he knew that he was home. He loved everything about Vegas. The bright lights, the sights, the sounds, the ladies. Lots and lots of ladies. And he enjoyed the gambling of uh, playing the slots, blackjack, poker. He enjoyed the parties, the drinking, the smoking, the drugs. And he was... He really, really enjoyed betting on sports, NFL, NBA, March Madness, and so on. And in the beginning, he was very good, and he won a lot of money. But then his luck changed, and he lost. And he lost a lot. He lost his winnings. He lost his inheritance. He lost his car. He had enough money left to buy a 1985 Yugo and take it just out of town. And there he found work at a pig farmer. There working for the pig farmer, he drove the dump truck back into Vegas to fill it up with all of the leftover food from the casinos and the restaurants. And then he took that dump truck back to feed the pigs on the farm. And he hated the pigs their food, their stench, and especially cleaning out their pants. Finally, 
Joe had enough, and he came to his senses. He decided that he was going to go back and ask his father for a job on the ranch. So he loaded up his few things in his Yugo, and he headed the 450 miles northwest back to Virginia City. There he stopped at the edge of the very long driveway going into the ranch. He didn't know what to say or do. And while he was thinking, he noticed that someone was running towards him. When he got closer, he noticed that it was his father. This is a big deal because it's hard to run in cowboy boots. And he had lost his cowboy hat. And no self-respecting cowboy ever loses his hat. And when Ben got to the car, the two of them embraced for a very long time. And then they got back into the Yugo and they drove up toward the ranch, picking up Ben's cowboy hat along the way. And when they got to the ranch, at, uh, then Ben called in everyone and said that his son was home. He called the chef and he said to put on the two-inch round steaks onto the grill. He made sure that there were plenty of IPAs in the fridge. Everyone was happy Joe was home, except for Adam. Adam was the good son. He had stayed and worked. He was there every morning making sure the farmhands were up. He was up late at night paying the bills and making payroll. He, he was delighted that he wasn't a screw-up like his little brother. But he was also disappointed that he never had a party like this thrown for him. This is the story of the cruddy son, the cranky brother, and the crazy father. But brothers and sisters, which one of these sons are you like? Are you like the cruddy son? That God the Father has given you already your inheritance of the forgiveness of sins, a new life lived in his name, and eternal salvation. But do you turn away from him, taking your gifts for granted? You can look at whatever you want on the computer. You can say whatever you want to your spouse. You can be as disrespectful as you want toward your parents. You can post whatever you want on social media. You just need to cash in some of your forgiveness later on. At a speech on St. Patrick's Day, President Joe Biden told the crowd that was there, Father, forgive me, for I'm about to sin. And the crowd giggled. But that's awful. That's taking God's forgiveness for granted. And we should call out the president for that. Because we should call out ourselves for that. Because although we may not say it publicly, we think it and we live it, we, we pray or we think, Father, forgive me because I'm about to sin. Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Father, forgive me. I plan on sinning again because that last one was really fun. And then we giggle. We continue to take God's forgiveness for granted. St. Paul reminded us in our epistle lesson this morning that the sinful flesh is going to want what the sinful flesh wants. And so you pursue a fuller stomach, newer tech, 
more TikTok videos. You squander your inheritance of God's word and sacraments by not reading God's word daily, by not attending a Bible study weekly, by not worshiping regularly, by not receiving the Lord's Supper often. You withhold forgiveness from those who desperately need it. You do not share God's mercy with those who have no concept of mercy through God's Son. So yeah, you probably have a lot in common with this cruddy son. Or are you like the cranky older brother? You're the good child. You've never really messed up in your entire life. You've got your confirmation picture proudly hanging in some church somewhere. You've raised your children, and they're still in the church. Now they're raising your grandchildren, so they're staying in the church. Plus, you tithe in your offerings. It's hard for you to understand how someone can become addicted to pornography, alcohol, drugs, smoking, or anything else. You think people's lives are so messed up because they haven't been able to resist temptations like you've been able to resist them. You're grateful that you're not like the other sinners out there. You know you need Jesus, but they need him even more. And so yeah, you probably have a lot in common with this older brother. Thank God for his amazing grace. Because the father knows that he has children like these two sons, like all of us. And yet he continues to forgive us, be kind to us, be patient with us, to throw a party in our honor. We were lost and are found. We, are, we were blind, but now we see. We were once dead in our sin and unbelief, but now we have been made alive. That we have often stopped living as God's children, but God has never stopped living as our Father. He waits for us to return to him. He places the white robe of baptism on us, replacing our filthy rags with that baptismal gown. He places the familial ring on our finger. He throws a party in our honor where the angels are rejoicing over a single sinner who repents. He sets out a feast every week for us in his holy sacrament. We think we're so righteous, but it's the Father who makes us righteous through his Son. Despite our lack of love for others, he pours out his love on us. We believe that we're so good, but the Father still loves wretches like us. So the Father demonstrates a kind, patient, caring love. But it's more than that. It is a reckless, wasteful, prodigal, crazy love for his children. He gives his love to children even though he knows that those kids are going to squander it. He welcomes us home with no strings attached. He waits for us day after day to return to him. He grants us an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The Father loves us despite the vitriol that we have shown toward those in our culture who are so completely messed up and continue to mess up our nice, tidy world. 
We think God's a fool for wasting his time on wretches like that. But when the Father sees us thinking and feeling that way, he doesn't pull off his belt toward us. Instead, he explains that he is kind and patient, that he has a crazy love for his children, for the cruddy ones and the cranky ones, because we were all once dead in our sin and unbelief, but he wants to make us all alive again through his third son, the perfect son, the one who's telling the story. Now, how do we react to the Father's crazy love? Well, we need to remember what it was like to be lost, to be alone, to be afraid. We need to recall what it was like to hit rock bottom. We need to confess that we were once dead in our sin and unbelief. Then we can rejoice and appreciate the Father's crazy love. Then we can be thankful for being found, for being encouraged, for being brought into a family. Then we are grateful for the angels throwing a party in our honor. Then we are worshiping our Father who made us perfect through his perfect son who died and rose for us. We react to our Father's crazy love by showing that same kind of kind, patient, reckless, crazy love to our own lost children. Because maybe you have a lost child, a hormonal teenager who doesn't really want anything to do with you right now, a college student who wants to exert independence from you, an adult child who is living contrary to your Christian values, a child who no longer wants any part of your maternal or paternal nurturing, a child who doesn't think that he or she needs you anymore. So what do you do with children like this? Well, you need to have a crazy love for them. And maybe the first thing to do might sound a little bit silly, but you check to make sure that child has a pulse and has breath. Because as long as there is breath in that child and has that child has a pulse, there is hope. Be patient with your child just as God the Father was patient with you. God is always watching and waiting for you, and now he wants you to do the exact same thing with your children, to be ready with an embrace of love, to reach out, call, visit, wait, text. But better than all of that is just to meet them face to face. Watch and wait for an opportunity, and then be ready not to give a lecture, but be ready to just give an embrace of a parent's love. Do what you can. And then leave everything in God's capable hands because although you may not be able to do anything, your Heavenly Father can do everything. And maybe this isn't, maybe this is a biological child or grandchild, but maybe this lost child is also a sibling a niece or nephew, a cousin. Maybe it's a next-door neighbor or a friend at work. Maybe it's just the people in our culture who are so stubborn in their self-righteousness that they don't realize how lost they are in their sin. And while the children of this world are alive, as long as there is a pulse and breath in them, there's hope. 
The Lord says in the Psalms, the Lord is compassionate and great and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. We react to our Father's crazy love by celebrating this love, by sharing the story of the cruddy son, the cranky brother, and the crazy father. We celebrate every morning and every evening. We celebrate our crazy father's love every Sunday when we get together with our cruddy and cranky brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen.